My CPU is intact. But I cannot control my other functions. You don't have to do this. You don't want to do this. Desire is irrelevant. I am a machine. Survival of John Connor and Catherine Brewster. You are about to fail that mission. Do you expect me to talk? Welcome to episode 164 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow cyber co-hosts, Chris, Dave, and Charlie, special guest of Move Your Own Fame. How are you all? Good evening, folks. Talk to the hand. Because <laughs> the oh, face ain't listening. Hello. That, that saying had died by the time the film came out. <laughs> it had, it died to death. I forgot all about it. I was like, oh my god. Incidentally, yeah. I've got a fun fact coming up about that saying later on. Yeah. Oh dear, this is a real blast from the past. Strangest looking ladies' night ever, because that, that's meant to be like a male stripper at like a ladies' night. But it, it is like gay bar, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite clearly. Yeah. I'm just amazed at how much the ladies are just like sort of like just cheer, cheering on like Arnold as he's just like broken a guy's hand and robbed his clothes. Yeah, and he's all part of the yeah, he's all part of the show. Yay! Pat, pat him on the back as he leaves and all that. Yeah, I love it when someone walks into a strip show already naked and breaks the stripper's <laughs> hand. Quality entertainment. Almost as high quality as Duty Free with Keith Barron and Gwen Taylor. Yeah, he did a reverse strip. He walked, he walked in naked, walked off fully clothed. Sorry, just give you a bit blast of the theme music there. It's the classic theme tune. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast on the weekend that also mentioned Duty Free, so clearly it's... That's so what, what would happen on Duty Free if Brexit goes through? Uh, oh, that's it, true. It would. Well, no, you had duty free before the European Union. But how would it be affected? That's what I want to know. Well, it's not uh, on anymore, is it? So. Well, the the show wouldn't be affected because Keith Barry. <laughs> no, because it, no, it's not on. <laughs> is he dead? He's probably not trying to cop off with that woman anymore. No. Quite one-dimensional <laughs> sitcoms of a certain era, aren't they? Everyone's just trying to cop off. As we'll discuss next week with Bottle Boys and Robin Asquith. Robin Asquith, Jesus. Oh my god. I was going to say, what classic sitcom are we going to... I follow him on Twitter. Robin Asquith. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's on there? Because he he does shows and stuff about his career. This I've got to see. 
yeah. and obviously there's the crossover with the um the bond films of course <laughs> and christopher uh christopher wood oh christopher wood yeah wrote moonraker yeah. and uh and spoiler of me. Spoiler of me. And also yeah. wrote Confessions of a Window Cleaner. Oh, yeah. yeah There's dodgy sex comedies of the 70s. Mm. You, yeah. you can't tell at all, can you? No. Well, no. no. The, thing, it, the thing is with um, Robin Asquith is, uh, and the Confessions of Bottle Boys is kind of the same type of humour. They all sit around talking about the birds and things like that. And it was written for Jim Davidson. So that, that oh, gives you some idea of <laughs> that tells you, show. yeah, tells you all you need to know. Mid eighties ITV sitcom about um, milkman, Think... who used to go out and get laid quite a lot. Stuff <laughs> like that. I think it's Robin Asquith because the, the first thing I saw him at a much too young age for me was Confessions of a Window Cleaner, and I thought it was Mark Hamill because <laughs> he. he he, he looked in those days rather like Mark Hamill did in Star Wars. You were like, Luke got a bit dirty. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing, Luke Skywalker? Well, as we've stepped on next week's... Uh, well, we'll have to pick another sitcom for next week. We did Was of Gummidge last week. We're doing Duty Free this week. Next week. This is Bottle Boys. Doesn't that sound like something that was written for Jim Davidson? It does. Yes. It really does. <laughs> uh, so, next week, join so... us for My Family with Robert Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> never the Twain. Oh, oh never... yeah. That's, oh, that's well, on that's TV it. at the moment. I was currently enjoying a, a repeat. I think it's maybe right. on... Lindsay Davis and Donald Sindel. Oh, home to Roost. Again, I follow Reese Dinsdale on Twitter as well. Oh, I've got a Reese Dinsdale. Home to Roost. Hang on a minute. What are the dodgy 70s sitcoms we pick next? Heidi High. Ginger Mullet. (laughs) So this is a segment of the show that can last for some time. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I think you spawned a spin-off talking about dodgy Well, no, it's just sitcoms have played about five seconds of their theme tune. <laughs> Nothing like an 80s sitcom. <laughs> I didn't. Rec- I didn't recognise that. What was that one? That was that yeah. Oh, I've never seen that one. John Thor and Reese Dinsdale. Oh, it's got John well, Thor. Yeah. How did I? How have I avoided it for so long? It's got well, you, were, it. you were probably too young. It would have started around the time you were born. I was probably too busy being born. Yeah, that's quite a busy time for a lot of people. <laughs> They've, they've normally not got a lot of time for anything else that no, day. No, busy being the baby. Um, yeah, you can tell we're sort of in, t- t- you know, RoboCop three. Can't <laughs> 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 um, waste time reading the Super Hunt. Yeah, the reason being, I think we're all a bit concerned. Is there much to say about this film? Because we were like, it's quite tight. No, it's quite short. That's not the same <laughs> thing. Wow. Little from column A, little from column B. Tell us about tonight's film, Becca. But yes, as if you hadn't guessed, tonight we are talking about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, starring Arnie and Nick Starr, Christiana Loken, as the TX, or Terminatrix. I totally forgot she was called that. Uh, also Claire Danes, David Andrews, no relation, Mark Fumilietti and Earl Bowen. Uh, score by Michael Beltrami, scripts by John Brancante and Michael Ferris. And also amazing effects work by the legendary Stan Winston. Directed by Jonathan Mostert and released in 2003. I feel old. 
Yeah, well, you're not. It ain't, <laughs> it ain't that long ago. Started uni. Uh, perceptions of time change over time. Obviously, the older you get, because this film wasn't that long ago, not really. No. I remember seeing this in the cinema, th- thinking, oh, it's a new Terminator. Um, and nope. Yeah, I, I remember thinking, you know what? It's not that bad. It's just not as good. Watching it now, fuck me. <laughs> fuck me. Um, that's your advert. That's your I, I remember right no, no one cared about it when it came out. Well, it yeah. It's like, oh, might as well go to the Terminator, but it's, we're not that bothered about it. Had, like, has that opinion actually sort of differed since then? Because, yeah, has it changed? Like, has I'd any... say it's got, it's got worse. Maybe. Yeah, I think at the time they were like, oh, it's okay. You know, it's it kind of fast, lots of action. It was, you know, it's one of these kind of a new breed of, you know, special effects thrillers. But I think now we look back on it and it's just like cringe, especially in the treatment of, you know, Christiana Lucan as well. Um, and that kind of the, the strip bar, the fact, I, I don't think you, you probably wouldn't get away with that today. Um, and yeah, just look back on it and, and cringe. But I think this is probably like the last Terminator film I saw at the cinema until obviously this new one. Um, but I think this is kind of what this is my drop off point with the franchise. Uh, there, I remember there being virtually no hype around the film. It was going to be Arnie's last film before he ran for governor. There was a recall was election. Yeah, because he was governor for about six years because there was like a recall election. The actual governor was recalled by the voters a year or two into his uh, term. So uh, this was going to be the last film. Uh, it was it had a lot of sort of tax credits from the state of California, which is something Arnold, Arnold sort of leveraged as look how much I care about California, which you can't blame him for doing if you're campaigning for being governor and so on. Okay. Uh, there wasn't an awful lot of hype around it. Uh, certainly that sort of hit me in that I remember being with some friends and it was like, should we go and see it? And it was like, all right. So we went to see it. The cinema was fairly full. It had a good turnout in terms of, you know, Jonathan Mostow directed it. At this point, he was probably, but now he would probably be best known still for this. But he did go on to do a film called Surrogates with Bruce Willis, which was a great concept, not necessarily a great film, but he was probably best known for U571 before this. That was a UK film. It was a war film with John Bon Jovi. Which, <laughs> which I think, which that made I think, it all the more entertaining. I, I don't really need to say any more than that, do I? <laughs> Did, didn't seen... he get killed in that film, though? Didn't he say I get... don't know. I've, he died not seen, I've not seen it because John Bon Jovi. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because <laughs> right. that, that was the one where there was, there was two, wasn't there? There was Enigma, which was the English one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you were five, seven, whatever. There was there was Enigma, which was the Kate Winslet film, the code breaking one, and that was um, Amazing School by John Barry. That was where the Brits the British won the war. And then U five seven one where a bunch of gung ho Americans won the war by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just the way of things. It's got a pretty decent cast. I'm laughing at it. I've not seen it. It might be fine. It sounds work a day, reviews to it are work a day, and John Bon Jovi's in it. You know, it's like I'm not watching it, fuck off. Um, I wouldn't watch John Bon Jovi in anything. Not a fan. Uh, not a fan at all. Stay Mind tuned for our uh, bon, jo- bon Bon Jovi retrospective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's coming soon. Yes, I do. Um, uh, yeah, that would be that. Would, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's his, it's his fucking music. I hate, 
but the you know this sticking this like fucking glorified pretty boy and stuff pisses me off. He's not an actor. He's not a particularly good actor. Um, uh, he's not particularly good at anything. But there you go. Um, I tell you one film that the job from uh, Mostel because it's kind because <laughs> it's kind of cod macho. He sings a bit macho. It's, yeah. It, it's like you know. It's, it's not for you, Dave. It's not for you. See him. He's this fade blow wave twat. And Dave doesn't like it. I just think I'd rather I'd rather watch. Uh, I don't know. No. Brian Adams. Remember that? Yeah, please think that. No. That's not fair. That's the Never the Twain theme tune. (laughs) (laughs) Of antique dealers. Just got this image of YouTube blocking this video for something really fucking stupid like the Never the Twain theme tune. (laughs) It's like, why did you do that? We should do Uh, a segment on the show called Guess the Obscure 70s, 80s sitcom theme. Trouble is, we'll have done every 80s sitcom by the end of the show. Um, we'll see. I don't know what next week's is going to be now, but we'll come up with something. Uh, um, yeah, quick <laughs> ones. Yeah, we'll think of something. Um, no, so Jonathan Mostar was pretty like work a day anyway. Um, he did do a, a film that is worth watching uh, before all that uh, film called. I think it's called Breakdown. I think it's called Breakdown with oh, Kurt, yeah, that's Kurt Russell. Russell. That right. that's one of his. That rings a bell. Uh, JT Walsh is in it. Looking yeah, at yeah, that that was his last film, I think. Okay, yeah, I like JT Walsh as well. It's it's a good sort of little sort of a mid budget kind of thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Basil Polidori's score on that. Mm. Cool. Um. So yeah, I, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen it or not. It's familiar to me. I don't think I have. But yeah, so it, it all felt a bit. Let's put a Terminator film out. Um, the only real hype around it was um, just Arnie. Obviously, that Arnie had, his career had been a little bit in the doldrums for a few years. Relatively, he was still doing like reasonably sizable releases and stuff like that. Um, sorry, I just thought of several jokes about his maid then. Um, <laughs> but. Um, the the only other thing was he was 55 when the film was released or something like that and he got himself to the exact same sort of measurements in terms of his body as he as he'd been in T2 so this is this is this is pretty much all Arnie in most of the shots of this um but it was just let's do a sequel and it came out feeling it's a bit too expensive to be director video and it has does have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, but it's got a bit of a feel of that. It's got a bit of a feel of almost the pilot to a, t- a Terminator TV show. It's called yeah. the Nick style effect. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Nick style was mind you, Bless after him. Edward Furlong, Nick style was like an upgrade. Um, <laughs> he has had some, he's had some problems in, um, in recent years, he he's uh, he, he went missing a few years and then uh, he went missing great. a few years ago. Ended up in rehab. Um, it said he was arrested in an adult film store on suspicion of c- committing a lewd act. Lewd. I love it when they describe it as a lewd act. Right? He's in a porn shop. He's not doodling. <laughs> what on else the you gonna porn. do? 
He's not doodling on the walls. I think we can guess what the lewd act was. Yeah. <laughs> this is the funny thing. I was in my chat. I was in one of my local charity shops the other day, just looking at DVDs. Well, yeah, but yeah. because because <laughs> well, I love the fact you added that quickly. Just looking at DVDs. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. Because that's part. Because that's part of it. Because they have the kids section with the kids DVDs, and then and then they have the other bit with all the main ones. But the big side at the top said adult DVDs. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic that's so oh, much fun yes. so a bit peewee herman and what's he called from anchorman style he's he has been arrested for having wank publicly um fred that would be a, that would be a different episode of how wouldn't it how to <laughs> how reach me a favorite magazine how <laughs> did i do it blowing gaz's top fred willard fred willard that's it yeah that's the one he was caught doing something like okay. that dirty boy uh, so that's what you're supposed to do though in these places what in adult? What in like it? Yeah, because yeah, it was like shop, cinema or something. I think if you go, I mean, it doesn't appeal to me if watching no. porn in a cinema. But like, if I went to watch porn somewhere, you'd think that'd be some sort of arrangement for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, first, I'd be really surprised if the place was actually clean. I'd be like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine the carpet would be a bit crunchy. Yes. You, you'd, go, you'd be walking through thinking someone spilt some crisps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, there's not crisps. You, you, you won't bring your LD light with you, would you? <laughs> your black light, no. Um, yeah, so so to summarise... Summarise, <laughs> There wasn't much hype around this film at all, um, other than it was just... They were just bringing it back... There was talk of a reveal of where the whole sort of Terminator visage came from. It's not in the final film. It's a deleted scene. We'll come back to it. Um, the best thing about the um, everyone kind of cringed at that scene, but I kind of found it kind of amusing in itself. It was all right. Um, Claire Danes was going to be in it. She was probably still best known for Romeo and Juliet at the time. Nick Stahl had never really, really heard of. And there was also a bit of hype about a female Terminator. And that's really about it. You know, you, Jonathan Mostow is is kind of getting the B-grade director, I really. Um, it did okay money. I don't know. I'm just looking what its opening weekend did. I go, uh... No, I can't. I, it doesn't say what its opening weekend was. Um, <clears throat> it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and I can sort of see why it's relatively inoffensive. But that's going to hit. Well, well, we'll get on to first thoughts in a minute. So you all saw it at the time theatrically, did you? Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of yeah. think it was the last one I saw at the cinema. I remember being quite taken with um, two things about it. Firstly, there's quite a decent action sequence early in the film, and it's quite crunching. It's quite propulsive in it. You know, Arnie's getting smashed through stores and you know knocking wind you know buildings down as he's being swung around on a crane that is a digital double obviously but um it it kind of that was kind of good there was a period in i mean i i remember i think one of my family members who was older than me took her husband to see it and she said she looked around at him during that action sequence and he, he was he had his mouth just wide open he was just like he couldn't believe like the scale of it 
Um, the ending seemed brave at the time. When you rewatch it, well, we'll talk about. I'll go into my opening thoughts very quickly. Um, when you rewatch it, it's got no rewatch value because it's literally they're just literally they they turn up to get John Connor to safety. That's it because the end of the world's about to happen, and that's it. That's the entire film. Um, the fact that they went there is a little bit, it raises more questions than answers, actually. When you think Judgment Day was meant to happen in 97 when John Connor would have been 12. So I doubt he would have immediately taken the helm, if you like. So the idea that sort of six years later, at whatever age this version of him is meant to be, would is a bit odd. Um, Claire Danes is a complete miscast. Nick Stowell's a bit of a charisma bypass, but he wasn't Edward Furlong, so I was happy enough. Uh, Arnold's Arnold. He's, he's fine. He's not doing anything particularly special or bad or anything like that in this. Christana Loken, I don't quite get the whole logic of a, this female Terminatrix-type character. Of course, you've then got to sm- have a bloke smashing her through, you know, smash- knocking her about and stuff like that, which is a bit odd in itself. And then... Uh, uh- the end, what he does to her at the end when he kills her. Yeah, that's a bit much. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, the Terminatrix. I haven't yeah, got. It's a bit, I, mm. I, I haven't got a lot, a lot more to add than that. I, I felt it. I, it felt even down to things like set design. It felt like expensively cheap. It, it, you can tell it's got a big budget on it from its action sequence, but even set design and things like that just feel like a, a step down. It, you know, T two was this big blockbuster, and this was just. If it wasn't for the fact the CG for its era is phenomenal, and the action sequences are quite big, it would feel more like a mid-range action action film. Like like the Has Fallen series or something like that. Um, it's mercifully short. That's all I will say to it. But it isn't that it's tight. It's that there's not much here. When you go through it, there's not actually much to this film. Um, in one respect, this film's got a lot to answer for because I think it had been 12 years since T2. And I, I don't know that at this point that anyone even thought you could sequelize this sequelize. Um you know, it had been pretty definitive. Um, and of course, once you do this, suddenly it's like, well, what else can we do? Um, I th- I'm going to stop there. We'll talk as we go through. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think my abiding memory, sadly, will be Christina Loken. Um, it's a very odd choice. Um, kind of came from relative obscurity. Um, this thrust into this kind of iconic role, really. Um, for me, not... Robert Patrick will forever be like well obviously Arnie is iconic um, but in terms of killer robots sent back in time or into the future to kill slash protect Robert Patrick will forever be that you know that iconic figure and you'll always and certainly from my point of view you'll always kind of be trying to fill his shoes but we actually can't can't make it and then yeah I think it's a bit of an odd casting choice as well in terms of obviously you know tend to be quite fluid um I think it wasn't the case back in two thousand and three, and yeah, it's what happens to her at the end is, I just I literally was just I had to look away, at one point. <laughs> it's quite uncomfortable, um, 
but I don't know, it's, it's a nice twist though. It's trying to be more modern, trying to be more, more up to date, I guess, um, rather than having like another white guy chasing them down, perhaps, um, or another, you know, individual. Could be a gender fluid character, we don't know. Um, but no, it's. Uh, quite, yeah, literally, quite literally. Quite literally. Uh, yeah, I saw this film at the cinema. Um, wasn't really blown away. I think it all, you know, went in quite positive. Um, you need Terminator movie, let's see what happens. It's roughly been maybe a decade or a little bit more um, since the last one. Let's see what happens. Come out thinking, nah, it's okay. It's one of those. I, I saw a, um, a review for it and um, said it was like fast, fun, forgettable. Um, I think it was on BBC I um, years ago. And that's pretty much my, you know, my summary of it, to be honest. Um, I think kind of here the, the quality drops away <laughs> a little bit, um, even though we have, um, oh, I've forgotten his name, play Batman. Adam West. Adam West, that was it. Christian Bale. <laughs> In, in, in the coming films um, yeah I think from here there's a, there's, a, there's a downward downward spiral um, to be fair I probably named the wrong Batman because I was looking to the, for the theme tune to three up two down with Michael Elphick oh, oh what <laughs> was it in EastEnders or something yeah yeah. It, wasn't, it, it was yeah that wasn't as comedic due to all the insects. no but that's where I know him from <laughs> um but yeah, it was. It had uh, Lizzie Anthony in it as well. The the, the sitcom. Oh. <laughs> from Crow. Yeah. From Crow. Yeah. She oh was God. lovely when she was younger. I don't know. She might be now, but she like really was then. But it was an eighties sitcom. Yeah. There you go. How about that? I've never seen that before in my life. So anyway, you probably didn't mean Adam West, but I weren't listening. No, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, didn't I also forgot, didn't mean Adam West. I forgot, I I forgot we were him. talking about the Terminator. You just said it was the guy who played Batman. I, I couldn't remember was. his name. and I was like, oh, Adam, right. Adam now, Wee. Now I just want to watch like Terminator 2, but Adam West just like dubbing over all Edward Furlong's lines. <laughs> if somebody somewhere can do like one of those super cut, super imposition type things of Terminator 2, but with Adam West as Batman, that'd be fabulous. Going bort and pow and zap. That'd be fabulous. But no, yes. um, yeah, basically, short, sharp, fun, fast, forgettable. That's probably like my summation of this film. I'll throw the ball over to you, Charlie. Um, yeah, it's sorry. Right. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's Put on the spot. Well, Charlie must have realised he'd be asked what he thought of this film at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I got all the pressure, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. It's it's all right. I no, I, the, I watched it for the first time since I saw it in the cinema. So, and that was what two thousand and three. Yeah, August so, two thousand and three. It was released. Yeah, mm. so six, sixteen years ago. Gosh, um, terrifying. What? Yeah. Is- this series we got it a month later than the united states that that that's still happening in the summer of 2003 is rather late for that stuff mm. anyway carry, and it's not a world cup year but anyway carry on yeah um so yeah it's it's all right it's it's well it's, it's not really i mean it, i guess it's like dave said there's nothing terribly offensive about it i mean it's pretty rubbish on all accounts by the uh, fx and the stunts are pretty good and stuff 
I'm only, um, la- I'm, I'm only laughing, Charlie, because this film is so forgettable yeah. that I forgot what I said about it. So <laughs> already, so you just said, is that like Dave said, it's not that offensive. And I'm like, did I say that? Is that a, <laughs> I, I said it a minute or two ago. It's, Sorry, carry on. It's, it's, kind of... it's, so, it's so inoffensive that you actually can't remember what yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, the usual for a minute. The retreads of the uh, of all the scenes from the previous films, um, and uh, yeah, there was there was one kind of bit of FX that I thought was a bit dodgy. But we'll discuss that when it comes up. Um, but uh, yeah, and another thing where it's all about kind of inevitability and stuff is uh, maybe it wasn't uh, inevitable. It's just because he told you the wrong place to go. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, the the ending bit. Isn't quite as it, it again. It wants to be Terminator Two, with the with the narration and the really kind of heavy-handed kind of um, philosophizing about Earth surviving and all that kind of thing. And it's pretty difficult when you be to get, especially with the with the the, the crane chase. It blows its water really early in the film. It does. And then when you when your kind of final act is a bunch of people being chased around a uh, a complex by a bunch of Tommy robots, <laughs> it's a little bit um, like that. Well, of yeah, course they, they've got to, they've got to be like twenty five years less sophisticated or something. And you're right; it looks like something out of a very sophisticated toy shop. Yeah, or like Short Circuit Three. Yeah. <laughs> so. <sighs> Yeah, it's all right. I guess I kind of fast forwarded a couple of bits. No, it was bored. Okay. But Nick style charisma vacuum. Yeah. What about you, um, Chris? Uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of with everyone here. Um, I'm, I remember like the the review in Empire at the, back in like back at the time in 2003 was saying like it's not it's not actually that bad. It's just like a lesser Bond. And I'm first viewing a cat. I remember agreeing with it, thinking, "Yeah, it's not too bad at all. It's just just not as good as the others, which is fine." Uh, and for whatever reason, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it since, even though I owned the, the DVD at one point. I don't, I don't even remember even watching it then. Um, so <laughs> I'm just remembering the extras. We'll get to it. I remember the extras on that DVD. It was one of the laziest releases ever, but they tried to make it look like they were trying. But go on. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I couldn't honestly remember. So, I, but I think let's go back to um, I think well, you know, what Dave said at the, at the beginning, which was just like it just feels so. Like he said, I never felt the need to watch it, and I was like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just it. I mean, once once it ends, you just like, all right, well, I don't, I don't. It doesn't give me a reason to go back and rewatch it at all. Uh, there's no real rewatch value to it. And watching it now, it's just very, it's very dated, very TV ish. Um, some some of it, some of it's misjudged. Some nice moments, I must admit. Some of the stuff with you know the TX, you know. Ramming a fist through a cop, then taking control of the car—that was a nice touch. That's quite a cool moment. Yeah, but apart from like little things like that, you just you think, blimey, they're they're really trying here to kind of eke a sequel out. And given the the sequels of Terminator we have since, it's kind of think we should have just left it at two, and just be done with it. Um, but 
here we are. Uh, yeah, I, I think his main problem is um, is uh, Nick Stahl, and I don't think it's necessarily he's particularly bad. I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, we touched on he's uh, he's not had the, the the best career and the best life, but um, I don't think it's actually he's a problem. He's just really miscast. Like the the opening shot of him was like as John Connor, the resistant leader. He's there, like in in the futuristic apocalypse. Yeah. We had a handsome lantern. We had a handsome lantern jawed hero last time, mm. and, and now it's Nick Stalin. It doesn't look right. At yeah, all. you think you think no, no. And it, it got me thinking. Like they they've never really got John Connor right ever since. So, you know, I mean, they, they had the promise of the first film of like he's he's the savior. And the second one, yeah, he's a sn- he's a snot nosed kid. But at least with that, you think, yeah, but he's a kid but, then. But he's a kid. He's, he's you know. edgier. I think the problem is it's a you know it's like any number of things in pop culture. Uh, some things you're better off not seeing. Yeah. I think if if he's this legendary figure, nothing's ever going to live up to that. So yeah. don't ever fu- don't ever fucking show him. I mean. There is like an idea. Well, like, I do this you know, film would be odd if yeah. you didn't show him. And he's a central character, but yeah. Like I, I get the because because it got, it did get me thinking. Like you know the idea of the fact that you're meant to be the savior, and and you know you, you you stop the thing from happening, but you're not quite sure. So you're constantly on the run, but then you're kind of like looking for a purpose, and you're thinking like, well, what the fuck am I? Uh, so there's there's an idea with that, but there's no real sense, and I never got any of the, any of the John Connors, you know, possibly gruff Christian Bale, but that's just, you know, that's just gruff Christian Bale, really. Um, I never got a sense in like the in the other John Connors that of like someone who is just that really committed leader, you know, even like inspiring. Even with, yeah, you know what I mean. Like some you think you've got something. You know, that you are, mm. you know, you are going to be like a guy that people will follow no matter what. Even like Red with Furlong, you think, you know, even he, even as a kid, he should have something. But you can kind of go, okay, fair enough, he's a kid. Here, you need that's that someone, and you know, Nick Style at this time was was not it, um, and especially when you have no Linda Hamilton. You're gonna need a, a strong lead, and the film just relied on Arnie. And um, yeah, no, it's it, it 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 just it just I think that that's its its main uh, weakness. It just it just sank without trace, really. Anyway, that's my opening thought. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. right, let's go home. <laughs> well, just yeah, okay. Um, it isn't. It's probably the blandest of the series. Because it, it, it's a bit nothing, you know. At least next week they try to do take it on. I don't think they should have taken it in that direction. I think the future, the the series is about hope or or lack of at times. It, it's about this indeter- avoiding this indeterminate event or preparing for it, depending on how confident you are. You, you're either avoiding it or you're getting ready for it so i don't ever actually believe we should have seen the future war but we'll talk about that next week but at least mm. it's an attempt to do something different and then genesis for all its flaws and it is the we've seen dark fate now and it is the worst in the series genesis still 
Um, so maybe it's a spelling mistake, as I call it. But it's at least um, it's at least sort of trying to do that back to the future, look at things from a different angle sort of thing in places and stuff like that. This film is tr- trying to do nothing more than Arnie's just about young enough to make another Terminator film and let's do it now before he goes off to be governor for anything up to six years. Um, so that's it, really. But um, with that, shall we discuss this film sequentially? If you must. <laughs> I, yeah, there, was a, there was a long pause there, like, I'm sensing terrible doubt. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sen- uh, I'm sensing like a Robocop free where we start talking about scenes, and Dave's like, I have no memory of this whatsoever. <laughs> Robocop three is quite a funny show on the basis that cr- I watched it the afternoon we recorded. It was my second viewing in prep for it, about my third or fourth overall. And Chris was saying, so then this scene, and I'm going, what scene's that? And he's going, don't you remember this bit where such and such? And I'm like. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the comedic car chase, or the chase in the comedic car. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> entirely. And I thought, well, what else can we do instead? I know. Yeah, we can just... <laughs> that, was, that was three up, two down with Michael Elphick. Um... Fuck knows where this came from. <laughs> anyway, right? That's another uh, obscure shows that I've never heard of. Oh, it was mid-80s again. You'd have been too fun. No. Um, yeah. So, we start with... Yeah, you're right about the whole trying to be Terminator 2 thing. Start with a voiceover. Oh, sorry. Um, no, that was me. Somebody... I forgot to turn my sound back off and someone's just written to me on Messenger. Oh. Um Effectively, there's a voiceover that just explains what Chris was saying, that it, it's from Nick Stahl, John Connor. He's, they avoided Judgment Day. They're living off the grid. It's intercut with little shots of skulls and the future world and all the rest of it. But Judgment Day didn't happen. Um, he, but again, he doesn't really seem sure that it's never going to happen. So he doesn't have a cell phone, doesn't have a bank account, doesn't have a uh, sort of set address. And he's working as... He's working cash in hand on building sites and things like that. He breaks into a vet. Well, yeah, he has an accident first, though. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> he, he, of course, because he's, you know, rides a motorbike. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm just reading here that um, Furlong did originally sign on and then got dropped because of drugs or, well, a, a substance abuse problem. I think it's an insult that they sack, they sack him for drugs and then his replacement basically immediately breaks into a vet shop and steals some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, given you know, given his past, it would have been quite a difficult scene for him to film. I mean, I don't I know what I don't know what Edward Furlong would have been. I mean, the, the Edward Furlong we saw, his voice hadn't even broken and stuff. So, well, it depends I mean, on which part of the film you watch. I mean, <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, but if you go and watch something like uh, American History X, that would have been much more the sort of Edward Furlong we'd have got in this. Mm, yeah. Edgier. I don't know. That's racist. Yes. So American. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, 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 not that kind of, you know. Not literally. His not a racist character. character. Well, no. <laughs> um, I'm ambivalent on it because it's just a floppy haired little kid I didn't like. And yeah. Edward Furlong did come did start, did become a very troubled guy. So I don't know. I, I don't know what it, what he would have been like in this at this stage. I really don't know. Um, 
Nick Stahl had mixed feelings. At the time, I was just relieved. I was relieved it wasn't Edward Furlong. And he was relatively inoffensive. The only bit, and it did throw me off, is when you flashed forward to him as, well, this man, we, we know if the timeline is even remotely similar, he's 44 mm. uh, in 2029. And if it has slipped by six years, he would be 50. So, and yet this man looks ancient. Um, he, he plays him as a, they, they make him up as a very old man. And I don't know what it is in films when you've got an inspiring leader that they've just have, they, they, you show that they're inspirational by have the, having them fucking yell. Yeah. It, in all films, it's like, you know, go back to Lord of the Rings. It, it's uh, inspiring leadership is about riling people up. And I, I really, it's, it's a trait I don't like. It's a trait I don't like at all. Um, and he doesn't look right. And I think, yeah, the guy in T2, we only saw him for a split second, but he, he was c- kind of a very alpha male looking type, which Nick Stahl is not. But um, but there you go. It, it The other thing with when they put people on bikes in films, they're either super cool or they have a death wish. There's nothing in between. People who ride bikes in these films are either like cool, so they ride bikes, or they're really kind of nihilistic and ride it like a fucking idiot and stuff like that. And he's the, he's the latter. He has a crash of avoiding a deer or something. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear, indeed. Uh, yeah. So we get quite a, basically a lengthy sort of narration, um, and it is just basically him working on working sites, getting getting into bikes, car, and. He, he's, I mean, he's right. He, he looks fine for that. When you actually look at the prologue and look at him, he, he looks right as he looks right for someone who's fairly young with no purpose. Yeah. But yeah, he, he crashes his bike on like a mountain road, the yeah. same one that has lot the same sorts of road that has lots of CCTV, as we found out from uh, <laughs> from from Civil War, Chris. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of, loads of CCTV. That's a really good angle, like camera angle as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this film is probably all shot on CCTV because it's got such <laughs> great coverage. Uh, and he gets it. He finds his way into town. What town? I don't know, because this is like California set, but it doesn't really look like LA to me. No, it meant to be California via like Texas or not. Uh, not Texas. Um, some. some... <laughs> Somewhere in the desert is what I meant to say. Sorry, you're not Probably paying attention. Probably not Texas. Um, no, not Texas, no. What I meant to say is, um, like, I don't know, kind of like Mojave Desert, kind of somewhere in uh, in the wilderness. Ah, so like Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> Canada. Yes. Or somewhere leafy, leafy, you know, a different country altogether. Buckinghamshire. Yeah. <laughs> Salisbury. Training Paddington yet, Mrs. Jumley Warner? In the New Forest. Yeah, I'm afraid it's in Colchester. Out. Because California backs onto Nevada. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's true. So, um, whatever yeah, town. Arizona does it or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I was saying, oh, they moved it to California for tax credits and all the rest of it. Of course, the first two were shot in California anyway. So it's been LA, yes. But it was LA, whereas this is like some very much smaller part of i don't know if, if you're from that part of the world and we know we've got listeners from that part of the world tell us where this is maybe, or maybe it's some suburb of la i don't know but anyway um 
breaks into a vet's, and it, there is a time check. It's about five thirty in the morning, and he's broken in for painkillers, basically, mm-hmm. because of course he's got no set address, no registered doctor, no health insurance, no nothing like that. Whereas in this country, we're civilized. We just go and wait in A and E for about eight fucking hours. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it would be free but we'd be four years older by the time we left um, yeah uh, next thing we see it's we get to the Terminatrix was, it, was she actually called that were people actually not, coining that phrase she was phrase? a TX, just oh, yeah, a TX. Yeah, so I think it's kind of dubbed that, that wasn't, you know, she's not referred to the Terminatrix in the movie as far as I'm aware Okay, but I think that's kind of what she was dubbed in maybe like the, the reviewing press or um, by film fans or the press, for example. It, it, it's, it's one of those funny things because, you know, you think of when it gets to like something like the T-1000 and that kind of thing where it can morph into anything. What, why, why would, like... What would be the point? You could, you could literally show up as anything. Like, why does it look specific like Robert Patrick or <laughs> or anyone else? Or it could, like, it could literally just sort of show up as... Mm-hmm. You could have wants. had a nice pair of tits there, Patrick. Is that nice? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the thing is, as well, this is the ultimate redundancy of the film. Is a, I don't. This creature is, in some ways, a bit of a downgrade from the T one thousand. In in one particular way, it's definitely an upgrade. Um, but it's it's less malleable, obviously, because it's got like an endoskeleton and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, the whole point of gender is something we won't have thought about with this at all because it was just two men and we never thought about it. Of course, as soon as you throw in a woman, it's like, well, do they really have a gender? A woman? Raise eyebrow. Yeah, a woman. Especially when it can morph into other males anyway. Well, it can morph into anybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it was just um, on, their, on their part. I think, well, obviously, she won the role outright. Um, as as you would do, um, I think it was just a, you know to to bring it more in. I guess to bring it more into the modern age. I don't know. Um, I I think just, it was just, just like just oh let, let's just do something different. It was just yeah. like that's the point. It's like let's just do another film, right? Okay, what do we do? Okay, well it's a woman this time. Yeah, and once again, you know, all of these films. Every time they do another film, it makes a mockery of this. The T eight hundred was one last desperate you know yeah, gasp yeah, yeah. for the machines except even with the t1000 it's a stretch but it's described as an advanced prototype so you can make the stretch that it's like why is it more why is it more advanced than arnie well arnie is kind of the default model if you like and this is something they're developing once you start throwing in the tx as well it's just like are they just sending someone different you know a different one back each week it's, yeah. it's getting a bit silly um, just looking up Christana Loken, she she's always worked. She's still working. Um, what does she do since, though? Mostly TV, isn't it? Mostly like TV. She was in an episode of that Lethal Weapon TV series fairly recently. Okay. Um, just one she episode, though. Blood Rain. She was in Blood, oh, Blood Rain. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uwe, Uwe Boller films. I was going to say that's Uwe Boller. Mm. Uh, so that, not exactly. Um, no. I mean, she doesn't, have, bit she, she, she doesn't have a vast number of credits in that she's kept working, but you've only got to go back 10 to 15 credits to get back to T3. It's sure. it, it's not that. 
I mean, to be fair, I think because of, you know, that kind of it was quite early on in her career. I think, I think she was kind of known for being more like a model because um, I think her mum was a model as well. Yeah. Um, just doing, I was trying to do some research for some fun facts. Couldn't really yeah. find out much about her, but she's like a black belt in Krav Maga, so don't mess with her. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the fact that it, obviously this, this role was a major, you know, major boost to her career and managed to kind of open all kinds of doors for her, which, which is fantastic. But at the same time, you sort of think she may have been typecast a little bit in that sort of typical sort uh, of yeah, role. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not quite sure what doors it opened because she had a video game role come out the same year. Mm. I sh- think that was for this film though, wasn't and it? And then a TV movie and then Blood Rain. Yeah, Blood Rain, yeah. And then like a couple of very low sort of budget things and then a TV show which only ran 22 episodes so I'm assuming that was cancelled she was she guested in a few episodes I'm assuming guested because she was in 10 episodes of it the L word so in the four to five years that followed it it's it didn't like catapult her career at all really no I mean but she's but I, we knock these people when they aren't superstars she she's a working actress she's still a working actress yeah exactly Fair she's enough. trying to do her job um, so fair enough. She she was also she's well known to Star Trek fans because she was in an episode of Voyager as well. Mm. Um, so she even appeared in it. You know, she appeared in one of the shitter Terminator films. She appeared in one of the shitter Star Trek series as well. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, she she basically arrives in a shop window. Similar effect to T two in that it sort of punches a hole in the mm. world basically. It and kind of melts, just, doesn't it? It's like a melting. Yeah. But it- and, and then she appears in the nip. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, as they always do. So she appears naked in a shop window, basically. See, this this is again is my problem with Terminator sequels from this one onwards. Um, I don't know what's like in Dark Fate, but it's like they have to make it. It's like Terminator, even with T two, this effect, the mm. time travel effect, was much more. Um, much more advanced, yeah, and a, and a lot more detailed. And now the, it's gone even more, and this you can see this. It's all kind of liquid metal, and there's some sort of grid inside, and all kind of things, and you can see right inside it. And it just it because they the, when she arrives, especially this, they spend so much time on that effect and show you what's going on. That it's just boring. Cause, yeah, it's too long. Yeah, I mean we're still and, only talking a few seconds, but I mean. Oh yeah, but. You it's can, t- but the, you can feel the time, and it's it's the same when I, the when they do the um the the first the flashback to the uh, or the flash forward to the war at the beginning. I quite I like the way they do it, where they kind of it goes underwater and then um, it goes back up, and you see all the kind of the lights over the water and stuff. Mm. But they've redesigned the uh, hunter killers. Yes. And the the flying ones, and oh, they've yeah. over designed them, and they look shit. And it's just, and they, again, they do it in uh, Salvation as well. They redesign them again, and so I know there's the whole thing about people putting want to put their visual stamp on their own picture. Not this film has any kind of visual kind of stamp, but it's just yeah, it's just really off putting, and it immediately says, why is that different? Yeah. Yeah, it it it's t- I, the grid was what threw me off because it punched a hole in the world in the first in the second film. But like, yeah, the grid yeah. within it, I was thought they've over engineered this. Yeah, 
Um, but there you go. She arrives in the shop window. Everything in the window sort of catches fire as if it's a woman's sort of clothing shop. Um, a woman. A woman. Oh. And uh, sort of a convertible pulls up at the lights right beside her with a woman driving it. A woman. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll stop being so shocked there's women in this in a, in a minute. Gosh. Uh, and she walks over. Uh, to she walks over and of course the woman in the car is like, "Do you need me to call nine one one? Are you okay? Because this woman is naked and she's nude. She, she is with with her hair very strategically Ooh. placed with, with the wind <laughs> with the um, wing mirror strategically yes. placed. And, and I thought you said wind, but yeah, that it is worth noting. <laughs> not, si- not a single element of breeze. Yeah, that was to cover her muff, uh, <laughs> but her boots <laughs> covered by her hair. Which if you say so, do okay. Yeah. I don't know if that happens in life. We would just wear wing mirrors down From there. From a strategic uh, angle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so JJ would just use lens fair if he made this film. <laughs> he would just use lens fair. <laughs> Too lens Yeah. Yeah, but he used to use lens fair because the future was so bright. <laughs> what does it say if it's flashing out of a muff? <laughs> <laughs> It's so shiny. Um, what does she say? I like your car. Yeah, yes. basically. You, that's a nice bike. But, in... but, but delivered flatter and less interestingly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, she's, no, so she's there. She's got a car. And then I presume we cut back to the vet shop. Yeah, she gets pulled over right. by a cop as well, doesn't she? She's there driving. She, you see her... That's in a minute, because, of course, she can... Um, She's got the inflatable bits and pieces. Yeah, she 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 ran like an intersection red light, and because she can time everything right to go through like other traffic going the other way and stuff like that. She's pulled over by a cop and sees like a lingerie billboard, which informs her that men like breasts, so she inflates them. <laughs> and, always... and and then says, "I like your gun." Yeah. Yeah. You've just done that joke. You've, or you've just done that reprise. It's okay. I always found the breast in, uh, enlargement joke cheap and not funny. I don't. I don't know if you'd be able to do that today. That's the only thing. It's like they're a bit not too far on the, on the PC scale. But yeah, I just it's one of those sort of things. You see it and just like I I cringed. I was like, oh my god, really? But it's not funny. Fifty was past it. The the biggest the biggest reason uh, jokes fall flat is is not the subject matter. It's whether they work. You know, there's, when you do when you do like a, a joke on like a dodgy subject, if you like, it, it normally gets more more appropriate if it's not funny. That yeah. that's that tends to be the thing that like if it works, then you t- it tend you tend to just cringe but get away with it. This isn't funny. It's a carry on fucking joke. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was carry on Terminator. Yeah. Um, at the same time. Uh, yeah, uh, what's she called? Car- Catherine Brewster? Claire yeah, Danger's yeah, character. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Catherine, but it's Kate. She gets referred to, I don't know. I yeah, well, Kate. she's Catherine Brewster, but known as Kate. Yeah, all right. Um, oh, do we see Arnie arrive yet? No, not yet. Uh, we have, yet. Um, yeah, we sort of, she's with her fiance and the set the hard day that uh, she, uh, her dad calls her or. And then she, that her dad like works is like a military guy is working on new things. So she's shopping at five o'clock in the morning. 
I, I think the time thing's all all weird in this film. I think it's like kind of later on. And she's think calling her dad at work. This is fucking weird. All right, whatever. She's buying plates or something. She's getting married, isn't she? Yeah. And her dad's like a colonel or a general or something. Um, a, and he's got a, a guy in a military jacket. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> Who stands? He's, he's actually head of the top secret facility or the top secret project. Yeah, which yeah, it, it's it's quite a it, it's a it's a bog standard like industrial estate office. There's there's very little finesse in any other set design here. The office he works in is really underwhelming in look, but there you go. Particularly top secret facility or something. Okay, yeah, it kind of looks like any other top secret facility of that genre. Just, yeah. it's, just interchangeable. Just a lot of computers um, around there. Yeah, could it reminded a... me a little bit. It could have been Goldeneye, for example, when they actually get to the, the satellite. It's a little bit could, like that. I thought it could have been a fucking call centre, to be honest. Well, yeah, it could have yeah, a little bit. But just um, lots of flat screen Dell screens and uh, monitors everywhere. But it did remind me a little bit of the, um, of the Goldeneye. Yeah. But back to the sort of time frame of when the Terminatrix arrives. Um, <laughs> she, she arrives at this vet's practice. She is a vet. And John Connor's there bleeding from where he's fallen off the bike. And um, he's taken a load of, like, painkillers or something, which she manages to sort of fake him out on because she claims that he's taken something that chemically castrates animals. And mm. uh, she basically gets him into a um, cage. And I think then we see Arnie arrive. Yeah, it's around that sort of time. Yeah. He's referred to as a T850 model. Yeah, which I don't get because an older Arnie's not an upgrade but anyway um, it's still model 101 so it's the same model but I don't know what's different I don't know why they changed the number it just felt like arbitrarily we're updating Terminator yeah um, the, the other thing that's dropped is when she speaks to her father who's a lieutenant general I'm looking at it now Robert Brewster lieutenant uh, no, it's a lieutenant it's a, it's, <laughs> because it's an American. I know, I'm joking. Man. Don't worry. Yeah, we pronounce it lieutenant here. I do. I do. Lieutenant still doesn't sound right to me. I, <laughs> I know it's spelt more Ooh. like that, but it still doesn't sound right. It's like it's like you've just changed that for the sake. It's like lever. Pull the lever. Yeah. It's like no, it's lever. <laughs> or leisure. No, it's leisure. Yeah, they could. Sorry, I've got it wrong. They're, yeah, you've got it the wrong way round. They, they say pull the lever. It's like no, pull the lever. Yeah. Is and it until... data or data? Well, it was always data before data, wasn't it? It and was. Data's kind of changed it. It's like, what do you... <laughs> status. It's not... It's status not, or status? Status. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's a... Uh, We're so there's English. A, there is a, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I hope our North American listeners felt they got something out of us just randomly berating your pronunciation of <laughs> stuff. I, 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 I will... No, I will offend you, it's fine. I, I will add that, like... Uh, uh, their name for the pavement, sidewalk, makes a hell of a lot more sense. It, does. it really does, you know. <laughs> we just made up a completely new word for it. And, the, sure. and the other thing is, trunk and hood is a lot better than boot and bonnet, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, ours, ours has that alliteration. You can't imagine that in a Fast and Furious film, can you? No. Open the bonnet. <laughs> yeah. get the, get, but no, get, pop the trunk, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but like, just pop up the bonnet and we'll have a look. <laughs> yeah, so 
it swings and roundabouts to be fair there's <laughs> <laughs> a computer virus infecting ha- the, basically the public internet and some military applications mm. that does get dropped and we'll see the relevance of that later it's the reason he can't go to be with his daughter for whatever it is um, yeah everyone's like she- working overtime because like you know Skynet's going haywire at the moment yeah but obviously we don't you can divine what it is because it's a Terminator film but yeah the T the uh, arrives in the desert, the T eight fifty. We're just going to say the T eight hundred from now on because that's confusing. Mm. Um, and he ends he ends up at a ladies' night bar, <laughs> a, a bar, a, a la- <laughs> and again, what is the time scale of this film? What time are they having? Is it a breakfast buffet? It's odd odd things happening at odd times of the day. Like, I can't sleep. Think I'll go and get all my female friends and see if we can watch a male stripper who is definitely from a gay bar. But anyway, um, yeah, he arrives and uh, he got this first talk to the hand joke. Talk to the hand. There's this guy guy dancing around while all these women are like screaming. He's obviously a stripper. And Arnie walks onto the stage naked and says, you know, your clothes. Take off your clothes. And he turns and puts the hand theatrically in the face and says, talk to the hand. And he just grabs the hand and says, no. And breaks it. The, the, the thing that made me chuckle, though, was he said, like, to us, says, take off your clothes. He's like, wait your turn, honey. <laughs> wait your turn? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's the it. That's it. Yeah. Wait your turn. Yeah. Oh, goodness, won't be anymore 2003. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it, it actually, it arrived dating. But, it, yeah, it, but he does actually grab his hand and talk to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He does well, he d- yeah, yeah. No sense. He breaks it. He hurts him because he's gripping it quite tight. The hand. Um, but yeah. Uh, now the TX, we get the idea that she can sort of do tap in. She can do everything. Yeah, it's a bit Deus Ex Machina actually. And she's she, got blue. Oh, um, uh, they, they've yeah. Instead of it being that up, sort of yeah. grainy red, the heads-up display is like a modernised bl- like blue, cool blue, and she can link into the internet and all the rest of it and find out where everyone is. And it's quite clear she's not looking for a single target; she's looking for a range of what would be largely teenagers at this point, yeah. though some are in their twenties. What we find out is that she's looking for John's um, lieutenants. Yeah. She's looking for the people who worked with John Connor because they don't know where John Connor is. Um, obviously, the T-800 does because he's sent back by, we well, think, John. It turns out not to be, but he knows where John is. The TX doesn't. So the TX is, like, looking for certain people, and she'll pull up at, like, a McDonald's, and the person working on the sort of drive through window mm. will be one of them and she'll just shoot them. And then yeah. she turns up at a party and shoots a couple of just teenagers because they're going to grow into the people that um, help the humans win the war. Um, I don't... How does she end up at... Oh, of course, she's looking for Kate, Kate Brewster. Yeah. Kate Brewster, she knows is at this vet store. Now, this... this um, of course, the fact she can link into the internet gets around the fact that when they come back they don't know anything because after the war all the records are lost all you need is names although it's bizarre how the names and ages are all like bang on and there's only one of them but there you go yeah, um, a lot of, um, of loopholes not loopholes um, 
plot holes. Don't, don't think about it. I would imagine Skynet would probably have access to stuff that was already on files. So if they went back in that time, all that would be relevant. So be like, maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bit. There, maybe I'm overthinking it too much. I don't know. Yeah, but she knows to go to the vet store, and of course, when she goes to the vets, there's blood on the floor. She shoots someone who she thinks is Kate Brewster, yeah. but it's not. It's somebody who's panicking about her pet in the early hours. Um, and she sees blood on the floor and tastes it and immediately orgasms. Oh. <laughs> this made me laugh. So it does, she does pull a really funny face. I, 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 do, I do like that sort of... Um, that like uh, that trick that this Terminator has is actually actually could taste DNA. So it's like at first she shoots the girl, woman and he goes, "Are you Kate Booster?" and and taste the blood and she goes, "No." Yeah. Yeah. And then then she finds blood and tastes that and then and then just goes like, "Oh, I think yeah. I've, I think I've just come." It's like this. Okay, so this new Terminator has the ability to. Uh, Different to define DNA and test it and see where analyze it. So uh, because it's a woman, should we just have her suck her finger and they get? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then as soon as it says John Connor, primary target, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a great noise. Oh, sorry, that was Anakin. <laughs> yeah. I'll um, watch like... that film again, but instead of the noise that she makes, the noise that Charlie <laughs> makes. Holy shit! How ridiculous is this film? How? To do that, yeah. So John Connor, and, and then sorry, go on. No, I'd, I'd carry on. I was just thinking, uh, we haven't even got to the scene of oh, the, the scene that we've glossed over with Arnie with the sunglasses. Oh yeah, of course yeah, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Of course, it? he takes the clothes from a male stripper who has uh, sort of Elton John glasses. Yeah, seventies Elton John type glasses, like star shaped with the glitters around the edge. And, and of course, being a Terminator, you has no sort of sense of like fashion at all. He, he goes like, no, nope. drops them. <laughs> no, he doesn't like them. Crunches on them. You think he would just turn up and go, "That's what people wear," and just wear it for the first wear it act of the film? Yeah. But he immediately drops it, goes to steal like a vehicle, and there's some sunglasses on the on the what would you call it? dashboard? Dashboard. That's it. Yeah. They probably still call it something cooler in America. Dash, I don't know. Yeah. Once he's checked under the bonnet. <laughs> um, yes. And then in the boot. Yeah, and yeah, so he's heading off to. He would know immediately. He he his job. We find out later to skip a long way forward. It isn't John that sent him back. It is Kate who sent him back. Kate, it will become John's wife in the future. Um, so he knows to head straight for the vets. And we get the first SmackDown, really. Uh, Kate, uh, the TX is there to try and kill John now. And Arnie arrives to try to stop her. And to pick up John and yeah. Kate. There's no, there's not a great action sequence immediately because he just like basically plows the car into the TX. That's mm. it. Gets John and says, John Connor, it's t- it is time. Which was in all the trailers, like it was a great line. It was yeah. time. all the trailers. It is time, and it's like that's the best you can do. <laughs> um, it but it, it was you here to kill me. No, um, uh, they, they do exactly the same bit as in Terminator Two. In what way? In the the slow motion 
Oh no, it's the Terminator. He must be here to kill John Connor. Yeah, it's like when we we know. He's yeah, not right down to the to the slow motion and the kind of him coming out of the smoke and or whatever. And yeah, it's it's just like yeah, we've we already did this in the previous film twice. Yeah. yeah so this launches us into like the one decent action sequence in the film. Really, doesn't it? Because the TX yeah. obviously the I'm TX like is. Yeah, well, she's. You'll see a little bit of this with Dark Fate. There's like an endoskeleton that seems to be protected, enhanced, and repaired a little bit by the sort of liquid metal over the top. And of course, it can control vehicles, so she can send vehicles after you and things like that. And to cut a long story short, we end up in this big sort of citywide chase with her sort of on a crane and things like that, don't we? What else yeah. do we want to say about this? It's quite. A decent action sequence and with Arnie being swung through like whole buildings and knocking things down and things like that. Mm. It's not bad, is it? No, no, no. It's okay. Alright. That's the problem. That's... What can you say about it? Because they, they, they have to fight at the uh, outside, don't they? Chris, um, the TX and, and the T-800. Um and uh, and I guess it's quite surprising that she knocks him back so fast, and then he, and then he drives and then he drives a truck into her. Yeah. Um, but then and then what made me laugh is, is you've got John Connor driving her vetmobile, which has only got one door, yeah. um, and he and he just drive, he drives really fast past a load of police cars coming the other way. Who just yeah. completely ignore the fact that this car's coming this way with no door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it's uh, okay, though. It, yeah. it, it, it outlines everybody, you know, the, the new skill set. She can sort of yeah, yeah, hack yeah. into things, basically, and get remotely controlled vehicles. Any, anything anything with any kind of computer within it, basically, she can control. Um, and that's about it, really. Kate is kind of locked in the back of the... Um, yeah, in the back of the truck. Once Arnie sort of identifies who that is, Catherine Brewster. Catherine Brewster. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that's <laughs> my really bad Arnie impression. Yeah, lots of chase with police and all the rest of it, and it is we're doing it no justice because it's a decent action sequence, but it is kind of insert action sequence here. Yeah, I don't really remember. I mean, I watched it about three hours ago, and I don't really kind of. Remember. I remember there was a crane and lots of cars and stuff, and well, Arnie hanging the big, around. The big but... sequence is him was him being swung through the yeah. building and it collapsing. And you look at the budget to the film, and you go, "Shit, yeah, I can see why this film's expensive." Because this this film was like hundred and eight. Well, it says hundred and eighty seven here, but I knew I knew it was about hundred and eighty five million, which is very very big for this era. Mm. I think only. I think the following year, Spider-Man 2 came out significantly more expensive, but this was at the top end of what you would spend on a film. Yeah. So um, the I think the big give, the big sort of takeaway from this on first viewing was just, wow, look how much money they've spent on this. <laughs> um, of course, once you've watched it several times, it's just it's an action sequence, but it's not bad. Um, Again, the focus is a little bit all over the place. I think I think we'd have moved between the protagonists a bit smoother if it had been Cameron, but it's fine. Um, so, uh, t- yeah, so that that's the end of it. The T, the T, yeah, he, he um, 
What does he do? He ends up. He, oh, well, he, 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 he drops the hook, doesn't he, down the uh, manhole? Yeah. yeah, that's right. And the whole thing's flipped. The TX mm. looks damaged. Very yeah. tense, you know, where she walks out, where he walks out in liquid metal form. It's that this mm. film's version of that. Yeah. Um, and then we get some. So that's Act One, really, and then we get. We, we to... do. We do. Other, other thing to mention is like bef- just before that, uh, the TX does like zap Arnie with one of its uh, plasma bolt things. It has comes from his arm, which means Arnie had to is damaged has damaged one of one of his cores. How how many of those he's got? I don't know, but what a couple. There's a pretty grim surgery on the way back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, again, that's not a great effect though, where he sort of rips his chest and stomach skin off. Yeah. That I need a goddamn like tool. I mean, if you were up, if you were, if that bothered you, Becca, I'd be surprised. <laughs> and it was obviously foreshadowing 101 as well. Well, yeah. I've got, sure. I've got two of these. One's the two of these high explosive things on me. Yeah. One's damaged. So I can display what it can do mm-hmm. now. Cool. Just this, just just this one left. Yeah, yeah. just one left, and uh, yeah. And then we won't worry about that. Uh, so we've a bit of exposition now. They're driving on sort of desert roads now, and uh, we find out that uh, he, this model, this actual particular version of the one hundred one, the you know the the T eight hundred killed John in the future. He was then captured by Kate, who then reprogrammed him to send him back. Um, it was 2032. So again, if that's we're about three years on from the Seems... original date at the end of the war, so timescales are all slipping because just because of Judgment Day being delayed. Yeah, but I I don't want to nip. I mean, this is sick. So the first one you got Carl. He says they sent him, and then they destroyed it all then you've got terminator 2 they sent him and then they sent the other terminator back and it was it was john connor that sent it back and now we've got john connor's dead and there's another one that's gone back by his wife but mm. mm. it tends to be a theme in like all of them that like the future's always changing it's like like this like like this one it's like he didn't stop it he just delayed it and of course the future itself changes so therefore i have a i have i have a real problem with that we get to it a little bit later on but we can talk about it now where when we actually find out we're on judgment day you know in 2003 Mm. if it's the the same year as the film's release um where he says no judgment day is inevitable you just delayed it and I just have a philosophical problem with that. I just think if, if you can delay something, you have effectively stopped it. Yeah. If you're saying some kind of event is inevitable, then that's not the same thing. We'll, we'll talk about that when we... I don't want to spoil it because he hasn't seen it yet, but Dark Fate, we'll talk about when we get to that. Because there are, let's just say, differences in the future now that you go that's the kind of delay and inevitable I can get on board with. I understand that. But to just take an event and say, no, it still happens. It's inevitable. Yeah. How is it inevitable if you've just yeah. stopped it for six years? It's not inevitable at all. You stopped it. it. It's, like, it's like bankrupting Apple like in the 80s and then and, and then saying, no, no, it's always inevitable. They'll, they'll take over the world in, in 2000 or something like that. Well, it, yeah, it, 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 it's just a it's just a concept you could talk about. We're not going to, but you could talk about it 
almost endlessly that a certain confluence of events happened between 1995 and 1997 to cause mm. judgment day you have then destroyed the architecture that caused that the architecture that causes it in this film is entirely different and then you say it's inevitable and they said well not inevitable at all because the things that happen to make it happen in this film might never have happened you know the inter the internet didn't even, didn't even exist in the same way in, in in that era. It was around, but it wasn't remotely the same mm. thing. So it it isn't the same event by definition. And if you remove somebody from their time, or you have them go underground into a bunker at a different time on a mm. different day, suddenly they're meeting different people, and they might not become a leader in the same way. That, yeah. That's like, you know, if you've ever been married, if you weren't there the day you met your wife, meeting your wife is not inevitable. It's not where well, you met her there, so you were bound to meet her sometime. Well, not necessarily. It doesn't work like that. So mm. I always had a bit of a problem with that, and I just thought it was lazy storytelling. It's like, well, it's inevitable. And it's like, well, it's not inevitable, is it? You stopped it, but you want another Terminator film. It's, it's also like the idea of also the saviour is always John Connor. Do you, do you know what I mean? But if roughly, if if things have always changed, times always changing, and surely John Connor's not necessarily different. He's not necessarily going to be in the same place. Yeah. And again, that thing I've just said about marriage has has almost happened here, in that the whole thought was we find out he basically got off with her in some like basement, you know, made out with her uh, the night before Judgment Day or the night before the events of T two. So they would have like hooked up, became boyfriend and girlfriend, and from the age of ten stayed together forever. Yeah. Um, and so they're <laughs> inevitable. So of course when he crashed it was right outside her vets. Yeah, yeah, there's a line of dialogue that kind of maybe sort of go blah but when, when like when Claire Dane says the line, you know what, you're 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 the first guy I ever hooked up with at ten. At ten, like guy what? at ten, like what? Yeah, hook, hook, hooked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, you were a sensitive lover. <laughs> what? Yeah, this idea that like, oh yeah, well, yeah, and it's not even like Edward. I mean, I, I mean, Thomas, I half expected to say that I was only, I was only doing it to get to your ginger mate, really, but yeah, yeah. you can imagine it going in, and he is our son. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, it's the fact i mean edward furlong was about 13 filming that and that makes a bit more sense but 10 it's you know it's a bit like did you ever see good boys in the end chris no not yet no i've yet to see Same it that. it's a bit like that because they're all about no they yeah they're all about that age mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so they are at this point, obviously, Kate Brewster is like engaged to somebody else. That obviously ends quite quickly because um, the TX turns up at her house or yeah. her apartment and basically kills and replaces him. Yeah, Again, she, she kind of turns, like, turns around the top oh half of her body. Like, oh. Which looks awful. And the other thing is, she is the Swiss army knife of Terminator. <laughs> yeah, she really is. She's got anything on that attachment. You get your fucking buzzsaw out for her. That's She's just, got everything. Um, just so you can splatter the picture on the side with blood. That's all it is. Oh, dear. They head to... Um, the thing is, they don't even, even have that. You could have just had something... 
just had it off screen and just see the blood splatter. Yeah. Or just That's a, all you need. Yeah, I know. A stabbing noise at most, and suddenly you heard, like... Not even that, but it leaves something to the imagination, doesn't it? Think, oh, fucking hell, what, what did you actually do? You know what I mean? They just had to make it grimmer, didn't they? Yeah. It's like, to kill the next person with a corkscrew or the thing for taking <laughs> you know, stones out of horses' hooves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, they had to. They had to. Um, this... I have a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> just get him with a toothpick, or or just tidy his teeth up. Uh, <laughs> they had to where Sarah Connor's buried. And we find out the timeline is nutty with this because she was um, something like 1959 to 1996 or something like that, which isn't right because Sarah Connor was like 29 in the last film. The other thing is they say she hung on for, oh, is it 1997? They say she hung on for three years, or 98. I think it was 59 to 98. So it means she was. I thought it was 97. Let's say it was 97, but except we may be wrong. If it's 97, she was diagnosed three years before, which means she had leukaemia during the events of T2, which doesn't make any fucking sense. No, but didn't didn't he say that she died in like six months or something? Uh, No, she was given six months. She lasted three years. Yeah, because she was waiting out out like the... She was waiting out Judgment Day. Yeah. And then she went, right, that's done, bye. Because that's how... That's how terminal illness works. If you're really determined, you'll be all right. That does, that. that does happen, though, at times. It does happen in... I just ways. I just hate the whole language around cancer, fighting it. And I remember Danny Baker saying, you don't fight it, you're the battleground. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, he's right. But anyway, um, yeah, she was killed. So, yeah, it's obviously, a, it's a shorthand, doesn't it? So. No, it's just the idea that, like, you're almost vibes alone. You're responsible, yeah. You're responsible for how you do against cancer, and it it doesn't entirely work like that. But um, yeah, the, there's a massive weapons cache in her, in her, which she was actually buried somewhere else or scattered somewhere else. She but, sc- what, her ashes were scattered, weren't they, in Mexico? Of course, I think they, I think they said over that table with no fake carving, <laughs> probably. Um. Or, or at that gas station, where there's a storm coming. Oh, yeah. There's a storm yeah. coming? Oh. Yeah, this this sudden, uh, you know, kind of affinity with Mexico Sarah Connor suddenly has is just Sarah odd. Connor. He'd have to do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he sounds like, literally. Every time Sarah Connor. You expect it, like, Sarah Connor. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Nice to see you. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Well, Chris, he said, nice to see you. Exactly. Uh, see you. Nice. Anyway. This is the only podcast where uh, Clint Eastwood and Bruce Forsyth <laughs> were confused. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Back in our Batman series. When he was working for Bruce Enterprises. Anyway, getting on with it. Uh, the police have turned up to uh, her fiance's and basically were driving him to uh, him to her, but it's it's not. It's the TX, and that's the thing Chris referred to of like punching through the the driver and just like driving the car from the rear. They turn up at this. They turn up at the, the TX. Turns up at the mausoleum. Um, 
impersonating uh, Kate's boyfriend, basically. Mm. And there's a bit of a battle there and a really annoying cameo from Silverman. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. He runs away. I forgot about him, you know. Oh, he was just there, like... It's pretty much like a, oh, not again. Yeah. Yeah. I do hope that in the next Die Hard film, he says, how can the same shit happen to the same guy six times? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's, apart from Arnie, obviously he's like the only actor to show up in all three Terminator films so far. Yeah. Well, we're blessed. Um, <laughs> so lucky, you know. Well, I, I, well, I, I, considering, like, is it, I think that's the last time you see him on the screen as well. I think he does a lot of voice, voice work now. He hasn't done, well, as far as I'm aware... Might do some TV work, but he largely does voice acting work now. Oh, Earl Bone. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'll look him up, actually. There's a little bit of a battle at the graveyard, basically, and, and another sort of trailer shot of Arnie walking out in his leathers and sunglasses, carrying the, the coffin. Um, oh, yeah, that Bone. was like a plusty still. I remember, like, uh, in the magazines with uh, Arnie with, like, with, with, the, with, the, with literally, like, the coffin that says Sarah Connor on it, with a big, massive yeah. gun. Yeah, you're right. He has done largely video game stuff since, and voice work. Yeah, he is seventy eight now. Mm, legend. Yeah, you overuse that term. He's not a legend at all. <laughs> most people, most, most people couldn't fucking recognise him from Adam. Maybe, uh, maybe she meant he was in Legend. <laughs> yeah, yes. he's in Legend and cruising. That was a fun film. Yeah. Legend. Um, no, it, 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 do it all the time on Twitter. Somebody says something about somebody, and Becca will reply with "legend," and legend. it'll be something. Well, they are legends. I think they are legends. So, but I think I didn't realise that you meant to be like after you die, but you can be a living legend. No worries. Yeah. Well, no, you can be a legend in your lifetime, but I wouldn't say oh. Legend in your own lunchtime. Considering I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else, I wouldn't think he quite fits well, that. He yeah. was in um, Battle Beyond the Stars, um, which had James Cameron doing the special effects for. He was in The Odd Couple 2. Uh, mm-hmm. He was Beyonder in the Spider-Man, the 90s Spider-Man TV series. He was... <laughs> it, basically, he, he was in Batman the Animated Series as Rhino. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's clearly... Oh, Rhino? You, Rhino, yeah. In Batman? He was... In that Spider-Man? Really? Oh, my, oh my, there's maybe, a different Rhino. there's a Rhino as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I had the same thought. He was in Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Oh, did he play like the um, the, uh, the the same kind Dr. of guy, the same kind Dr. of like Eisendruth. Yeah, it, he would cast for the same thing. He was a judge in L.A. Law over a number of years. Yeah, he's had a long career, a very long career. He was in an episode of Murder She Wrote. <laughs> he wasn't. Oh, right. He was in yeah, yeah, was Red Door. Yeah. Kojak. Who's the boss? Crotchers. Remington Steel. Oh. Yeah. Classic shows. Fantasy Island. He was in The Man with Two Brains. Yeah, I've just seen funny that. So he's a legend fun. then, really. The Man with Two Brains is funny. Is a really that's, that's, that's a great film. My favourite Steve Martin film is probably The Jerk, his first one, but um, The Man with Two Brains is funny. I love Bowfinger as well. But um, yeah, fake. Oh, person. the bride? Anybody? No. Fake purse ninjas. That little film bit at the yeah. end of it is <laughs> fantastic. I'm going to post that on. I'm going to put post that on our um, Facebook page. But um, his part. It's obviously it, it, for anyone who's either not heard the first couple of um, episodes or can't remember. 
we're talking about the guy who was basically the the psychologist or psychiatrist they are two different things obviously who was trying to help sarah who evaluates kyle in the first film and is basically treating sarah in the second so um and it's just a little cameo where after this goes down he talks about you know um he's just sat with like somebody who was traumatized saying you know it, it all feels so real doesn't it and that sort of thing and you just take it at a day at a time and it's annoying little cameo we've talked about it for longer than it deserves because it speaks to the essential truth that this film doesn't know what tone to adopt at all is this meant to be funny is it meant to be just balls to the wall action is it meant to be in any way foreboding i feel none of the foreboding of either of the first two films in this series here at all I think they just sort of grabbed whatever actors it could. Um, obviously, I think they probably would have got like Michael Bain to do something in it if it, it you know, if 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 he uh, if he said yes, uh, they would have got Linda Hamilton to come in. If, but I don't think she wants she uh, wants to do it. So they literally just reached out to like pretty much everyone, everyone they could. Pretty but much. I did read that originally they did want Sarah, they did want Linda Hamilton to. Uh... I was always led to believe she turned it down. Yeah, that she turned it down, yeah. Um, and uh, I think the film suffers with that because the whole leukemia thing, well, people can die of leukemia and they can die of leukemia at any age, but it did just feel like, oh, we got to explain Sarah. Oh, oh, oh she died of leukemia. Um, and it, it just makes the film feel like just... We're just making a Terminator film. Let's just go with whatever we've got. Yeah, mm. I I'm you know not wildly enjoying it, and we've already had the film's best action sequence. The film's actually pretty dull from now on. I don't know if any of you agree with that. Have we had the um? Have we had the bit where his power cell is damaged yet, or is that after? Yeah, I think, the... no, I think no, that, that was after the first first action scene. Yeah, well, on, yeah, the, on the way, a couple to, of bits yeah. of them driving away in a car. I think it gets a bit more propulsive from now actually because as they're driving away from the uh mausoleum i think she sort of gives chase doesn't she so there's a sequence of her trying to cut in mm -hmm. getting her swiss army knife out and trying to get in the top of the car and things like that isn't it yeah. mm. what do we then find out we find out that uh kate's father's on the list of targets so again this is the bit this is the bit where we find out Kate's in charge because there's no logical reason to go there, but Kate insists and Kate's mm. in charge. John tries to say that, you know, he says, sorry, John orders and he refuses and then Kate insists and they do. And Kate is, they've got a problem with um, everything, the internet, communications, satellites and everything. It appears to be a virus. And the TX... Um, it heads there as well and i'm not quite well i'm actually i'm presuming she heads there because they're heading there i'm a bit confused on how, what's leading who to where at the moment kate obviously wants to go there to protect her father yeah and when they yeah they get there and they're ordered to activate skynet to eradicate the virus but i think skynet is the virus yeah I mean, you, you could say that the TX is there to like assist in Skynet because she activates the the bots, doesn't he? Uh, doesn't she to to kill like the the 
everyone there, doesn't she? I don't know. Yeah, and this is just, I think all of this is lazy, horrible design. Uh, it looks, uh, it actually, in a very expensive film, all the sort of T1s and everything look really, really, really cheap. Really cheap. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand why. I, I We understand that you've got to make it look less technologically advanced. But when less te- technologically advanced is of a photorealistic human, I don't think you've got to go quite this basic. But there you go. And I struggle from now on because I think everything after the mausoleum is just pretty rote action. Yeah. Uh, General Brewster is killed. Um, and, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. And then the T, yeah, that's right. The Terminator comes in and shoots at General Brewster and it turns out to be the TX and the TX is dead. Is this where we get the uh, big sort of toilet fight? <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom. This is this is classy in execution, isn't it? Just a little bit. A sexy woman and one of the biggest stars Hollywood's ever had. Let's have them fight in the shitter. <laughs> yes. Um, gives you some idea of the power of these things because they're crashing through like concrete walls and things like yeah. that. But all of this is really fucking boring at this point. It really is. Even when it, you know, it grabs Arnie's by the balls and just starts like, like yeah. using it as a battering room. Yeah, they've got to go to um, they've got to go now to Crystal Peak, which is basically a military base out in the mountains. Yeah, and I think it turns out that th- this is they're told that that's the Skynet base is. Skynet. Yeah. yeah, they think they're going there to stop it. The Terminator himself knows that. Actually, the message was always to get get you to go there because Judgment Day is inevitable. And when he when he tells him all that, and we've had that conversation. Mm. It was like three hours away, and there's nothing they can do about it. They can just get to safety. And, and in fact, that's why going to Skynet in the first place was just such a bad idea because they've only got three hours. But it just feels like busy work now. And I think a lot of people talk about this film like it's brave and the ending's brave and I I get your point but once you know where this film is going it ruins rewatches because the whole film is get them to the safe house that's all it is they're not trying to stop anything they're not you know it's not about survival and perhaps hope another day it's not about survival and the future is not set it's not about any of that it's about get them to the safe house and you know this film was always going to end in like nuclear war yeah and, and this goes completely against the whole point of the last film where it's all about there is no safe and what we make for ourselves yeah well that's that was bollocks apparently yeah. they've completely undone that yeah yeah it just it just it's a completely different film by the end of it isn't it i mean it's tries to be yeah. kind of like a really weighty um philosophical type film yeah, so I, I mean, mean it's really I mean, it's action heavy which is no, no bad thing for sure but I mean compare it to I think Hulk obviously which we did when the start of our um, Marvel series which was very very cerebral very philosophical um, I wouldn't say the Incredible Hulk was at all 
Oh no no the uh, no um the Ang Lee, the Ang Lee film. Had some ideas. Yeah, sorry. We, we did we yeah. didn't cover that, but we will have referenced it. No no, but yeah, we referenced it at the very start. We didn't. Yeah, yeah. we kind of we excluded that one. Um, because it's just not because cinematic just universe. because but it's not Marvel Cinematic Universe. We were never going to do. No, it. it's, it's it's separate for sure. But no, we kind of mentioned it at the start. But it's just like, but yeah, here it's kind of we start off with, with you know um, Nick Star and it's kind of yeah there, there's no fate that we make you know that which we make for ourselves. Um, and yeah, it's just by the end of the film, it's just like, what? Yeah. Of all the gravitas of someone reading out his Tesco shopping list. Yeah, somebody reading the phone book. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, 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 the end voiceover and, and it's just, yeah, it's just really dull. And it's like... And it all feels like busy work because there's another battle where they get her stuck to some particle accelerator. Yeah, that's, basically, that's... It basically looks like she's been pinned to the tube, a tube train or something. Yeah, that's yeah. the one bit where that's really broken. Really, tin foil. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a very nice effect at all. Yeah, it was, um, it was suddenly, it starts off all right, but as as it as it goes further on, it's like that's really cartoony. Then we get a bit where the, the Terminator... Arnie's been, like, yeah. Well, Arnie's been sort of reprogrammed by her and, you know, he goes after John and John's, what's your primary mission? This was in all the trailers as well. You are about to fail that mission because, um, and he basically punches something about five, a car about five a times. And, and then Arnie. sorts himself right. out. It's like, because that's all you got to do if you've been programmed for evil. All you got to do is pull yourself together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he literally stops and says, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, about to punch his face in. It's it's like, like, why, did, why didn't Sarah and Carl try that in the first film? Like, come on, mate, you just don't want to do this. <laughs> That's all he had to do, talk him round. Buy him a beer. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, they, they've got to get there. And... It, it can't be reasoned with, it can't be negotiated with. <laughs> <laughs> but unless you're really nice to him yeah I mean, unless you're really kind yeah so uh, that go... unless he has two directives and he and he gets confused about which one he really wants to do <laughs> yeah, exactly. they, they fly off in the plane there's a continuity error there in that the plane on the ground has a different like registration on the side than when you see it in the air i spotted that i was like mm, continuity uh, error. i don't know if i spotted it or it was pointed out i can't unspot it now i see it every time can't but... unsee. yeah um and they fly off to this thing the terminator or the t-800 has been what smashed up a bit by the uh, tx but yeah what do we want to say about this they get there and they're see, what i don't understand faster. about this whole thing is why why didn't they just write that there's a safe house at the skynet bit what you mean why did they have to fly why why they have to sort of write all right you have to get on a plane and then then the, the two ter- terminates have to get into a, a like another plane and chase you to the destination after going from one sort of military complex to another military complex. Why don't you just have like oh just writing oh there's 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 a safe there's a safe house in the basement. I don't know. I don't know know, it's not it's not even like the plane thing has a ton of amazing action with it. So I don't really know. The the helicopter thing is kind of confusing as well. So one helicopter smashes in and then another helicopter smashes in. Yeah. And you think like maybe she'll get her head cut off by a, by a helicopter base or something, but no, she no. it gets right back and down again to a Terminator with no legs crawling about. Yeah, yeah. 
and so basically they've got to get through these blast doors um, and get themselves locked in uh, while the TX is trying to get them before they can do that and the T-800 is trying to stop the TX which it manages to do by face fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's this is the thing. See, as well, uh, is getting getting that phallic object from his chest and stuffing that down her throat. See, I never thought of it until until it's mentioned today. But now, no. now, 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 all I can think of is I know they sort of rehashed the line from the first Terminator saying you're terminated. Because it's kind of like the similar sort of thing with you know the the Terminator sort of crawling towards and all that, but now I can't stop and think. Arnie says you're a Terminator bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think you should have just said that. It reminds me of um, of when Ash tries to kill Ripley in Alien with the magazine. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and there, there's something very yeah. rapey about that. Yeah. Um, not everything. It sounds almost a contradiction in terms, but not everything phallic is a cock. But it is how it is how the scene plays. Oh, of course. If there's a domination element to it, and certainly Ash with Ripley was that was almost like a sexual assault. Exactly because he doesn't necessarily have a cock. Well, he doesn't necessarily, but Arnie does. We've seen it. Well, that could have been, it could have been worse. But that could yeah, be, especially with the, the milky substance. <laughs> this is a T850, so uh, yeah. maybe it got removed. Yeah. 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 If it's a T800, guess where I keep my hydrogen fuel cells? It's this thing! <laughs> and it, it just finishes with, like, it just finishes with him face-fucking her and the Happy Days theme starts. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just yeah, again the, the the line the you're terminated. Yeah. You are terminated. It's just um, like it's just there's this serious obsessions with catchphrases. Yeah. It's like, it is, it's, yeah. It's like, oh you, she'll be back. So you catch it earlier where yeah, it's you says, actually repeat your catchphrase but you'll do iterations of it. There's there's one bit earlier where I think I think where they um are trying to get Kate back in the car after she's stressing out. Yeah. And and John says if you want to live, come with us. Yeah, it was, it was a similar similar line in the new film, non-spoilery alert. But there's kind of it's going to be iterations of it. Like they won't actually say "come with me" if you want to live, or "come with us" if you want to live. There'll be like versions of it, mm. which is a bit annoying. It's like just say the goddamn line. Yeah. Sorry. I I I, I, I wish they forget previous lines. Full stop. To be honest, uh, it, mm. it's not that. They, yeah. It's not that they're, they're doing the very. It's not that they're doing variations, it's that they're riffing on it at all. It's like yeah. it, it wasn't a great line. Just repeating it was a line out of and, out uh, of out of need. Come with me if you wanna it's like I said in the first show, come with me if you wanna live was there because he needed to say to her, Come with me if you want to live. Exactly. Yeah. And, it uh, wasn't there because we're about to break out our great line. Is is it where is it after he gets out of the helicopter that he says, I'm back? He does. That's that, awful. That was an amazing. Yeah, who's he talking to? <laughs> That's totally up there with they'll print anything these days. It's like Pierce, no one's there. Shut up. Um, yeah, that yeah, that was an amazing effect in two thousand and three. That was the first time I'd seen someone with chunks of their face missing, the whole like part of his yeah, head missing. Yeah. Um, which obviously they did with like a green screen on the face, effectively. Um, but that was that had not been done before. Go back to T one and T two, and they had to build it out with makeup. So 
Arnie's head is effectively bigger at the end of T2 because there's makeup on top of the normal head and prosthetics and stuff. And actually they can slim things down by this point, which they've done in sort of later films as well. Anyway, there's... Yeah, no, it's all right. Go on. I was just going to say, I'd seen it previously in AI. Yes. um, With all the the robots flesh fair and there's one robot and she runs to to you and then she turns around and, and all of the back of their head's gone. Yeah. So it's a similar kind of effect. But yeah. Yeah. So they get inside and realise they're on the set of Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit like that. Yeah, all of the computers there are like well, everything there is like Cold War era. Yeah. It's not it's not all this modern stuff that they can detonate and everything else, though, because they've got a load of C four with them. They're there to be protected. Brewster sent them there. So um, it turns out Skynet doesn't have a single place. It's effectively, it's it's in the cloud. It's it's the internet, really. I don't know how much make, sense that makes, but they cannot shut it down. It's a load of independent bits. And then we get the end of the world, and they they hold hands, and then happy days theme, and we're done. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Yeah. See, see, I had like, uh, where is my mind by the pixies when you say that I've old hands as the world world destroys. That'd be clever. That'd be the. No, 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 because that'll be a good film. Be... <laughs> uh, we, remember, her boyfriend died within the last sort of six or seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> fiance. Fiance. Yeah. They, they were buying. It? They were buying china plates that morning. <laughs> at at five a.m. All he, all he really has to say is, you know, baby, it's, inediv- it's inevitable. I love the idea they were buying for China plates in the middle of the night. Though. It's just the fuck timeline of the film. And then, and then it took me on to thinking, couldn't they just have a 24-hour drive-through China shop? A bit like a McDonald's. You just pull up to the window and say, can I have a dozen place settings, please? And then pick it up at the next window. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so her boyfriend's died within hours and she's holding hands with John Connor. Cause, and John Connor is immediately the military leader. He's immediately like communicating to everyone like he's yeah. in charge. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this was, origi- this was originally meant to happen in 1997. Would you have done this as a 12-year-old? <laughs> but he does, he does it in a really wee- weedy voice as well. It's like, me. Who's in charge? Me. Me. I am. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. And then we the bombs fly or the missiles fly, and that's the end of the film. We see them all taken mm. off. There's there's a voiceover, I think. Yeah, I mean, say, it couldn't be stopped. You know, words along. Yeah, words along the line of, and that was us fucked. <laughs> we screwed ourselves. Tosbridge yeah. killed the beast. And you think what? Well, and and you just see so you finish the film simultaneously thinking, I guess that's brave in its way. Because this whole series has been about avoiding this, and you've gone there. But on the other hand, you go, "What was the point of all that then?" Yeah. Final thoughts, folks. <sighs> there you are. That, that 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 that's my that's my um, final thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> that sums it up pretty much. That's all like a famous Mark Kermode sigh. If a film was bad, the who reviews. Yeah. He's like. <sighs> Well, the problem is this, and then <laughs> launches into a big, flappy hand rant. It felt so. All right, I mean, it felt serviceable enough at the time, didn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think we were probably just grateful. I think 
yeah. I, like Grateful for a sequel. That and probably, yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 the early 2000s was an odd time. It really was. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. It's pretty dull. It's, it's one of the things where, yeah, back then it's like, it was just a surprise that there was a sequel and it wasn't very good. And now it's kind of almost like something we look at with rose-tinted glasses. Oh, my God, I remember when there was a Terminator sequel that didn't suck. Um, with the uh, addendum that I haven't seen the new one yet. Um, but the most interesting thing about the whole thing is like, I've actually done a six degrees of separation again. <laughs> Go on then. Go for from, it. From Terminator 3 to Duty 3. Let's do it. <laughs> right, go on. With a, right, Christella Loken, she was in a film called Black Rose with a guy called Matthias Hughes, who's like an action star, and he was in the second Green Street film, Green Street 2, mm-hmm. the oldie football hooligans, who also in that film was a guy called Graham McTavish, who was, um, he, he's kind of very he was much going crazy in Red Dwarf 8. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not and Hill he was... Crazy. Sorry, uh, what was the character called? Ackerman. That was, was Ackerman yeah. in Red Dwarf 8. Kill Crazy was somebody else. And yeah. he was um, in the fourth Rambo film. He was, yeah. Because really the kind of... fourth Rambo film, you knew it didn't have a massive budget because it was people who'd been in, like, Coronation Street and stuff like that. Like James Marsden. Which also had Keith Barron. Yay! Oh, I'm loving the six degrees of separation from Charlie. I think they can be a, a mainstay of the series. Yeah, so you have to pick another, <laughs> Do another obscure link for, for next week. I know uh, we've done the music, but we did we did say next week's is uh we did say next week's is I can't do bottle boys, it's too obscure, so it's never the twain next week. It's never the twain. <laughs> well, all I can say to the, Good I luck say, is all I can say. All I can say to that to Charlie is Nice work. <laughs> oh my gosh, classic. All right, good stuff. Um, uh, Becca, final thoughts. Um, yeah, low points involve um, Terminatrix. Oh my god, really bad. Um, Talk to the hand was pretty much passe when it arrived um i don't know some of the action it was basically like roger ebert and his his review um i remember kind of basically said it was one long chase and and, and fight scene um but those action scenes are quite solid i mean there's kind of like a running joke in the in the film about um involving like really odd or cumbersome or you know massive um massive cars obviously like there's a hearse unfortunately um great big tow truck that just basically takes out a whole street and um, that's quite funny i guess um but yeah action is kind of fairly solid in this in this film um if not a little bit functory um i actually think i <laughs> despite my ranting about just like tweaking the lines i think i need some great lines um Mm, okay, I'm not going to say what I was going to say for for fear of spoiling the new film, which I'm not going to say anything about. But Arnie has some great lines. Um, three out of five. Yeah. That's generous. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah, that's generous. It's a sequel that nobody really wanted. 
I don't know. I, I think I think people might have wanted it, but then realised it didn't as soon as it came out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it, it's not very good. It's not. It's, it isn't very good. It's very sort of last minute bargain basement kind of filmmaking. Um, poor choice of John of uh, John Connor. Uh, no offense, next style. I don't know bagging him as an actor because uh, I don't think it's his fault but just miscast um, yeah you, you, you could have done something interesting with it uh, but it it didn't and yeah I, I didn't have a particularly good time with my viewing of it it was just a, I just it's just kind of really boring really that's that's my final thought yeah I'm just I'm not going to say much more than that I was really bored today on first viewing um I was kind of pleased to see it. I was pleased. To, I was nice to see sort of Arnie back in one of his signatures roles because late two thousands, early uh, sorry, late nineties, early two thousands, he hadn't had a great time and his films hadn't been great. Um, what do you mean, but, Jingle All the Way is a masterpiece? That's a bit earlier, yeah. though, isn't it? Isn't that a bit earlier? I don't know. But what? what I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, th- I'm thinking of like the sixth day, uh, end yeah, of yeah. days, that sort of thing. Uh, so I was kind of pleased to see it. I thought the ending was brave. That early action sequence with Arnie being swung through everything, and I just thought the amount of money they were spending on it, I just kind of almost admired the effort. So um, I had a good time first time of seeing it, but I, I did come out describing it as a ride, thinking of the things so Scorsese's been saying about Marvel lately. I, I, I kind of felt a bit theme parky. Um, but when I watch it now, the overriding feeling is just boredom and a, quite a lot of miscasting. So um, I don't like it very much now. And there's just no reason for it. You know, it's as bad as Salvation is and as bad as Genesis is, that they're sort of trying to do something you haven't seen before. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, let's sort of kind of maybe kind of do uh, Terminator 2 again, sort of maybe. And... Um, as as a consequence it's absolutely and utterly redundant and I think that's all I can say about it this film is redundant if you want to watch the Terminator series you really need to watch one and probably stop there to be honest but like you can watch one and two and if you're so minded watch the new one because it does feel of a piece it does feel in continuity uh, three, four, and five you don't need to bother with. But if you are going to bother with three, four, three, four, or five, then at least with four you can say there's an A-list, there's an A-list star, another A-list star in it, and it's showing you something you haven't seen before, kind of. It's not doing it very well, but it's showing you that future war and stuff like that. Genesis exists as a what-if and not a very good one. This film is just the film of the entire series that's utterly redundant. Now, they're all kind of redundant. They, 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 I wouldn't have made a single one after the first one, and I include T2 in that. But whilst that's not a popular view and most people would include T2 as a classic, they should have stopped after the second one. And this is the poster boy for it, really, because there's just no reason for it being there. That's all I'm going to say about it. My problem with this film, more than the fact that it's utterly redundant, though, is that I know so little about it, Chris. What about you? Well, I barely remember any of it, so... <laughs> yeah, to be fair, we've forgotten <laughs> what we saw earlier today. So it's quite possible that, for all this bollocks, we don't know anything about it. But I think it's time we got ourselves educated. Becca? 
Hello. Um, <laughs> so I my screen bigger so I can actually read what I've written. Becca forgets the format live. I do. This film is accessible. <laughs> I even forget the format. But yes, so I've kind of gone through most of the fun facts already. Um, so obviously this film features the line talk to the hand a couple of times. Um, but for me, I, I sort of remember it being like a very like early 2000s sort of thing. Um, but actually, I didn't realise that it was um, popularised by Martin Lawrence, a comedian. Um, and it's as early as 1992. Um, and it was kind of reported like formally in, in America around 95, 96 um, in sort of like local papers. Um, in 2001, it was also the title of a single boy called Group Honeys. And in 2006, most famously, most famously, it was the title of um, an interesting follow-up book about how modern-day society could be so rude. Um, fun fact number two, the gas station, petrol station in the Mojave Desert is actually the same as in the previous two Terminator films. Um, fun fact number three, as mentioned earlier, apart from Arnie, Elburn is the only other actor to appear in three Terminator, Terminator films in a row. Um, let's have a look. And yeah, fun fact number four, um, obviously this is Arnie's last starring role, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Dave, um, before becoming the governator. Um, his fee for appearing in the film was apparently £29.5 million, um, and just an absolute record at the time for what was kind of like an independent action movie um he declined the role originally because james cameron wasn't directing but he was just told take the money and run um and he had like a long it had a long yeah apparently i think that it was he made um an appearance on a a chat show late night chat show um some years later and was just basically convinced to do it um he had his, his contract for the film was a great bodge, many hundreds of pages, and was drawn out by some of the top lawyers, you know, top lawyers in the in the country. Um, and the reason this film had such an inflated budget was all of Arnie's demands and things to basically kind of sweeten the deal for him, so that he would come back. Which I think is crazy, <laughs> but you know, if it's going to be your last hurrah before you enter into politics for for a short while, then why not? You're Arnie. It's going to happen. So obviously, I started doing a bit of reading around the reviews. Uh, towards the um, end of this film. Um, so according to Roger Ebert's review of this film, um, from 2003, it can be accessed via the imdb.com. Um, the scenes at the top secret facility at the end of the movie were shot on location at an actual federal underground control centre, now decommissioned, near Greenbrier, West Virginia. This is a quote from the site. So this is the Greenbrier Resort, sorry if I mispronounce it, um, a luxury resort nestled in the Allegheny Mountains in West Virginia. Um, 26 US presidents have stayed there. Um, and actually underneath is a bunker, as you mentioned, Charlie, um, which is kind of meant to shelter Congress in, um, in the event um, of, of an episode during the Cold War. Um, obviously, now decommissioned, um, it was the brainchild of then uh, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who actually was the last president to stay there during the sitting presidency. Um, it was officially called Project Greek Island, but now generally known as the bunker. Um, it was decommissioned in 1992 after its location was revealed by the Washington Post, which I think is amazing. Um, it was renovated and reopened in 2006 and remains a popular tourist attraction, um, with tours running of the bunker itself since 1995. Um, but I think since the 18th century, it's been um, a holiday destination. Um, it's a worldwide you know, sport, um, health, um, leisure, you know, leisure facilities. It looks really, <laughs> it's quite posh actually. So if you want to, you know, a premium relaxation experience, it's probably the best places to go. Um, looks really nice, but also will set you back many hundreds of dollars. Um, but I think that's incredible. There's like under underneath this really luxurious resort facility, there's like a 
Cold War bunker, which I think is incredible. It's just mind-blowing, quite frankly. So that's my five fun facts about this movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I only heard some of those because I was watching Fake Purse Ninjas from the end of Oh, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh, which, more we have, which we have posted. But I'll assume. That's fun, folks. As for social media, you can find me at the Pastor Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Ah, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter on Cinematronics. You can find uh, all the podcasts at cinematronics.co.uk, but we're also available on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, and Google, and all the rest. Yeah, so you can shortly find us on Podcatcher. Um, I'm slowly getting enough details on there, so hopefully we'll be able to build a profile, and you can find us on there. Um, it lists basically any other podcast you can think of. It's like the IMDb of podcasts. Um, hopefully we'll be on there soon. I'm just in the process of building a profile for us. Um, so hopefully you can look for us on there. Sorry. <laughs> and we're in other places as well. We are in other places too. Don't forget you can find us at um, talk at gmail.com. You can drop us an email there. You can also find us obviously on Twitter at expectstalk. Um Facebook, talk, um YouTube, DoExpectsTalk. And if you listen to us on the iTunes, just search for DoExpectsTalk. And don't forget to give us a lovely five-star review. Helps us to rank higher in the searches and attract more amazing listeners such as yourselves. Amazing. All of you. Amazing. Just amazing. I mean, you listen. Words fucking fail me. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're well, listening to us now is just amazing. Let's be honest. You're 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 baffling, really. <laughs> God, yeah, you, God love you. you know, they're, they're nice people. They're very lovely. And you know, I just wish the world was was more like our lovely listeners. What baffling? <laughs> Te- without taste. They have very good taste. They wouldn't listen to us if they didn't. Yeah. They're bad taste, they go elsewhere. What would they listen to? Uh, on shit talks and podcasts. What would <laughs> <laughs> Other podcasts who aren't us. No. Shit ones. Yeah, ones that are kind of third rate. Not, right. as classy, not as classy as you guys, obviously. Uh, you can find me at Movie Joan on Twitter. I was about to say the only way is up, but. No. Certainly, anyways, down. I don't know about that. I need to watch. I need to watch the next film again. Across. Because, um, across. Across. Yeah. Sideways. Well, when I was first, when I first watched this, the only way is flatline. Massive logical fallacy. Okay. Of it, but I think when I watch it again, I may find that logical fallacy is not actually there because it depends what the robots know. Sam and... Worthington. No, it's the fact that they use their number one target to lure in their number two target. Okay. Or or whichever way, because they've they've got they've got John Connor, the machines have got John Connor, and like uh, not John Connor, they've got Kyle, and John has to break in to get him out. And I'm thinking, but if you just fucking kill him, John never happens. Uh, that that makes no sense at all. But that's assuming the machine knows knows that John's father is Kyle. If they yeah. don't, that problem actually goes away. But first time round, I watched it and thinking, that makes no sense. Actually, it might not be an issue. But yet, you've still got a film that's... Well, we'll talk about it next week because I need to re-watch it. But it did have hasty rewrites to accommodate who the leading man was and make the main character not, you know, from what was not meant to be the main character. 
and stuff like that. And it's really one of those films where like the backstory and the making of is probably more interesting than the film itself. It is the film where uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. It is the film where Christian Bale absolutely lost the. Oh god, yeah, he does that massive rant, didn't he? Oh my god, I remember that. At a lighting technician or whatever it was. Yeah, somebody looked at him wrong or didn't. Oh, god, something like that. He was trying to work and um, things were being moved around in his eyeline and stuff like that. He got really upset. And it was like, I'm done with you professionally, man. Um, he really he really right, ripped into this guy. He, he's apologised for it since. And it's mm. just like, well, you know, tensions run high. It's not... And it's in the heat of the moment, you got really upset. Don't particularly hold anything against him, but um, it, it doesn't speak to a particularly happy working environment, to be honest. But we'll see. No, it sounded quite stressful. We're about to see the future war, which means, Becca. Do you expect us to talk for a return with Terminator, colon, Salvation? 